Welcome to wood, concrete, glass. All those building materials that make a building so interesting. That was stupid, never mind. <laughs> but we, yesterday we were talking a little bit about the the five, the sort of the, the lifestyle of a of a piece of property and how that can sort of shape what you do end up doing to the property here in the in the coming years or actually down the line or or all that sort of thing it's just sort of that five point plan and talked a little bit about dealing with neighbors I think uh, I think that's something I you know in the explanation of that I sort of didn't really get to to really think that through but it's actually a really good place to start because it allows you to have the conversation first it lets you know that you know, your neighborhood is going through some change and lets everybody know that. Because everybody has a right to, to redevelop on their property, you know, they're building to codes and all that sort of thing. You can demo whenever you like, you know, all that sort of thing. So it's, so it's a valuable exercise to sort of get ahead of it and, and tell everybody what you're doing because you could end up magnifying the scope I mean there's there's economies of scale when it comes to some of these things meaning that the more people who, who get into the to the project the easier it is to bring in trades to do servicing all that sort of stuff so you, you get an opportunity to to maximize value so say your neighbor wants to build at the same time and they're in the same position that you're in you get to you get to say okay we need to tear these houses down let's bring in one de- demo company to do both let's do you know let's work uh, one framing or get a f- larger scale framing company who maybe can do things cheaper and do both houses at the same time um, so you get even though you're not in partnership with your neighbor you might get deals if you can tell if you can bring more to the table because it's essentially like building double the house um, so it's a, it's a good thing to, to start ahead of time. So again, in your research phase, in your study phase, study the neighborhood and, and test their interest in, in the project. That's, I mean, you, you're only giving people, um, the heads up. You don't, you're not asking for permission necessarily. Um, there might be aspects of a development where public input is important. So if you've gotten ahead of that, and you all of a sudden need to provide a series of, of letters that show endorsement for your project. You're getting ahead of the game like that and, and giving people fair warning and setting their expectations is only going to help you. Um, so it's a, it's a valuable thing. And it also brings it create, creates the connection so that if something happens down the line in mid-project, say you're off-site and the contractor's doing something silly, they might feel more um, they might feel more at ease contacting you to say hey like just to give you the heads up there's some sort of shady stuff going on here which happens right so you need to you need to consider those sort of points um, at the start of the project so that you can so you can really set yourself up and everybody knows this sort of I mean we're from the same principle as block watch right as everybody is looking out for one another and being good neighbors you get that sort of efficiency um, when everybody keeps to within their own property lines and doesn't connect at all. 
it, it creates multiple separate states sort of thing, right? So you, you get a fragmentation of a neighborhood and there's not that cohesiveness. That's why, I mean, that's why sometimes um, when um, certain ethnic groups and that sort of thing take dominant areas, dominant over certain areas and there's sort of backlash in the community or, regarding this, uh, it's, it's a really tricky subject to broach because there's different cultural norms um, and there's different, you know, different, uh, different ideas of, of what's the right thing to do and all that sort of thing. But I think having open conversation is the fastest way through that. I mean, there's, there's always going to be idiots you got to deal with, but you have to sort of work through that and, uh, and be the best neighbor you can be, no matter what the person's, no matter what the person is like. So, so there, there you go. There's another little tip for the, for the studying aspect of the, of the model. Uh, you got your five-point approach to addressing uh, a property. There's actually a building being demoed right behind me, and so that's the beautiful sound is. So it's interesting to watch. I mean, that's another thing to do in the study process is try to find um, properties in your neighborhood that are going through this process and take pictures. Just go out and, and see if you can, I mean, you could approach builders and ask if you just, if they don't mind you just watching. Or you could sometimes just watch through the construction fence until they tell you to get lost. But <laughs> either way, to understand, you know, what's involved in a demo, demolition that is, you know, what, uh, what the city will probably be looking for, um, why certain things are being done. Oftentimes you'll see fencing up at the property lines. Uh, is that actually required in your jurisdiction? You know, it's a good question to ask ahead of time because that'll be another thing, a rental that you'll have to go through. Um, sometimes it isn't, you know, sometimes you're, you're dealing with properties that don't need any sort of protection of site and, uh, you know, you're just freewheeling out there, no problems. Sometimes you'll see, or, you know, fencing around the trees to protect them. Is that going to be a requirement? These are all the questions to just sort of add to your big list of of questions. And again, I'm, I'm working on getting a, a checklist, uh, sort of a master checklist prepared. Um, so once I get, once I get a little, uh, get a little time, uh, I'll try to get that put together, maybe in a PDF uh, at first, and then maybe something more interactive. I, I sort of see this going in, in the way of something that you can add to as you're collecting all this material for yourself. And it providing you with a a printout of sort of like an app type thing or even an app that allows you to as you're asking the questions fill in the blanks and then it creates a bit of a report for you but like a really simple app format so that you uh you can you can enter stuff and it, it's not it's not rocket science like you're not having to interpret anything as you add it you just add it add the raw data into it and it gives you gives you an answer um, but yeah so as you look at a site and you see the excavator on site and you see maybe a bin like if it's a smaller project or renovation what does it take to put a bin on the site um, you might have to get permission from the city for that oftentimes whenever you're crossing a property line with a major piece of equipment which I think a bin would qualify as you might have to pay certain deposits have certain levels of insurance all these sort of things can add up um, 
both financially and in time. So if you have to put deposits down, um, keep in mind that you, you probably get them back as long as everything goes according to plan. You might have to have a, uh, an insurance policy that just protects the, the municipality um, so that you don't have to worry, like so that the city doesn't have to worry issuing the permit that if something were to happen as you cross the property line with a piece of equipment, it's not going to put the city out. Um, and that's really, you know, when, when insurance is a requirement, that's the main focus, right, is to, to make sure that the city is uh, not at fault for anything. So something to keep in mind. Uh, what else with demo? Uh, demolition um, often requires maybe asbestos abatement. Um, so before you get your application in for demo, have that uh, team come in. Uh, no matter what you're doing with the house, like you may not just be tearing it down. Another option would be to move it to another house and sell it. <coughs> um, I'm thinking about doing that with a uh, house that recently came across my desk. Is that there's a, there's a cheap, if I can find a cheap piece of land somewhere, instead of building a house from scratch, which is definitely going to cost you whatever, 160, 200 a square foot, no matter what you're building. Um, move a little 1,200 square foot house. I believe that ranges from uh, oh, 50 to 70 grand. So you're, uh, you get it, you know, you just pour the foundation, set her on there and button it up and you've got yourself a, a new little um, rental cabin or, or something like that. Oftentimes the, the houses that, that are best to move are the little guys, right? Um, and cheap land is found out in the mountains or in the, you know, out in the country. So it does end up turning into cabin type uh, accommodation or getaway property, which, you know, would be, would be nice to have in the family. So place to uh, escape to. But uh, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting idea. You have to make sure that the uh, the house is on crawl space, um, and uh, otherwise, you know, you're sort of hooped because you're not going to be able to not going to be able to lift up a house that's slab on grade, for instance. Like, it's just not going to work. We'll, we'll discuss that a little bit later. Some of the other options, but just just trying to give you as many ideas in the sort of study phase to to fill your head with. Um, different options that are available to you um, to just try to try to build out that picture of all the different things that you need to consider when when first thinking about a project um, same is true another thing to consider when doing demo is if you're de demolishing a really old house some builders in the neighborhood try to match um, for renovations they try to match construction materials so if a, if a demo company is all of a sudden in, really interested in what you're doing, and like, oh yeah, we'll give, you know, we'll just let us keep the materials that we demo, for instance. I think you might get that. Well, that means it's probably worth their while. So you don't just say, oh yeah, you can take whatever you want and not consider that as anything. So definitely uh, when somebody's asking about um, what seems to be doing you a favor, consider that right because people don't just do in this business anyway people generally don't just sort of do things out of the kindness of their heart there's uh, there's usually an angle um, 
So the angle might be that they can actually reclaim the lumber and use it in another project, which allows them to then shop themselves out at a higher price um, to that next job to say, you know what, we'll, we'll even match lumber to lumber. We'll keep that, that old authentic look for you, you know, and uh, it allows people to um, then pay more for that. So they, they make money on both sides because they're getting free materials from you and uh, providing a product that they can upsell to the next person. So it's a little thing to think about too if you're getting into this from the business side of things and you come across an old, an old house that's in good shape, good, good materials is maybe spend a couple extra days on it, tearing it down, but maintaining some of that lumber. You'll also find that the, the materials of the olden days, the old wood, is a heck of a lot stronger than the new stuff. So you need to, um, you'd have to get it recertified to, to actually use it. But if you're using it for smaller renovation type projects, you could probably utilize that old stuff and be better off. So that's it for today. Uh, have a good one.